الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على سيد المرسلين وعلى آله وصحبه وبارك وسلم تسليما كثيرا إلى يوم الدين أما بعد قال الله تبارك وتعالى في القرآن المجيد والفرقان الحميد من يقرض الله قرضا حسنا فيضاعفه له أضعافا كثيرا صدق الله العظيم Dear friends Nice to be in your midst uh, today. It's always nice to be with students because I still consider myself a student, though um, unfortunately I'm not. I, I study when I have to prepare to teach. So I try to take on new subjects which I have to study, then I have to teach them the next day. It forces you to study them because it's difficult to go and formally go and sit somewhere to study, though I'd love to go out and do that again. Uh, what I want to mention today are just some very basic points. I know you're here to celebrate, mashallah, all of your charity, all of your collecting, and may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala accept that. Because really, you're making a big difference, inshallah, to a lot of people by the, everything that you're doing. The balance of the world has to be maintained. Uh, the nidam, the system of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is that those people who have give to those who, those who do not have. There's a variety in this world. There are different types of people in this world. Some who have and some who, have, who don't have. Some who have more and some who have less. So there's a difference. Even in the Quran, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala talks about He talks about the faqir and the miskin. Generally, the idea of a faqir or a miskin is really those who are in need and who are poor. But then why mention two words when the Qur'an doesn't contain superfluous language? Everything has a significance. So one of them means somebody who has absolutely nothing. Zero. Not even their daily bread. And the other one is the one who has some but not enough to consider uh, them to be wealthy by, uh, at any level. So who we would say we can still give them zakat. They may have a hundred pounds. Uh, today we could uh, say that the idea of that is about 250 to 300 pounds. Somebody who has less than that is called a faqir. And somebody who has absolutely nothing is called a miskin. So the idea is that there's always going to be a discrepancy in the world. Even the communists couldn't really sort that out. I mean, to, uh, um, China is supposed to be a socialist cons uh, communist country. But there's a massive difference in terms of what, what each individual person actually owns and what they have. There's a massive discrepancy. It's just the nature of the world. That gives an opportunity to those who have to give to others. And that means rectify that balance to a certain degree and to be rewarded by it. That's why there are huge verses in the Quran over and over again. If you look at Surah Al-Hadid, for example, which is in the 27th Juz, the last Surah. The last chapter of the 27th Jews, you'll actually find the same thing that it's got a major discussion about giving. Why don't you guys, why don't you spend in the path of Allah? So, this is something I've thought about recently from uh, several years of experience. It just dawned on me one day. And I want to share that with you because uh, some of you are still students, maybe most of you. Others may have just graduated recently and are just helping out 
and probably going to start your first jobs or maybe doing your first jobs. Money and an additional income, I mean even the primary income is a concern for all of us is how do we earn? But for those who actually have a job already maybe, or who are going to have a main job, what's the best side job that you can have for additional income? What is the best way to make an additional income on the side? So I can give you some ideas. You can drive an Uber. What else is there? You can maybe do some property uh, dabbling on the side, but you're going to have to have a lot of capital for that. Right? So that's not really a first side job or a side job at all. What else can you do on the side? Somebody give me some bright ideas. Helps the rest of us. Best side job to make a, to to increase your wealth. YouTube. YouTube. Hmm. You'd have to be very lucky with that one. That's not a very guaranteed return. You'll have to probably hit a million mark before you start monetizing that, right? Anything else? Deliveroo. Okay, mashallah. Okay, you know what? Let me make it easy for you. It's going to be much more simple than Deliveroo. You don't have to carry that thing on your back and on your bike and you just don't have to do that. No Uber, nothing. And I'll tell you this from experience. It's very simple. You give sadaqah. You give in charity. And I'm not joking about that. I'm not, I'm not making this up. I'm not raising funds here. I'm not trying to make you pay for a, something that I've got, you know, some, move, uh, some uh, project of mine or anybody else for that matter. I'm telling this genuinely. This is not a joke. This is not a hype. I'm serious about this. It doesn't matter what you give, but if you give regularly, there are several things that happen with this. There are several things that happen with this. Number one, if you look in the past, many of the wealthy Sahaba, among the ten that have been given the glad tidings of paradise, those are like after the four main Khalifs, the second uh, highest uh, group of companions, uh, عنهم, were the ten that were given the glad tidings of paradise, which actually include the first four Khalifs. After that, you've got Abdurrahman ibn Awf, uh, uh, Sa'ad ibn Abi Waqqas, uh, Zubayr ibn Al-Awam, Talha ibn Ubaidillah, Sa'id ibn Zayd. Right? You've got all of those. Among these ten, four of them were probably billionaires, if not millionaires. I mean, they were definitely millionaires, multi, right? But they were probably billionaires. Uh, anybody know who we are speaking about? Who are these four? One was Uthman ibn Affan. Everybody knows that because mashallah, the amount of when you hear what he used to give is amazing. I'll give you all the camels, all the, all the animals that you need for, you know, all the horses, all the equipment. I mean, some huge amounts he's talking about. Then the other three, so he's among the four Khalifs as well. The other three, Abdurrahman ibn Auf. Zubayr ibn al-Awam and Talha ibn Ubaidillah. They were multi-millionaires. I don't even want to talk about the amounts. Abdurrahman ibn Auf was just a natural businessman. Natural businessman. He, when he migrated from Makkah Mukarramah to Medina Munawwara, what the Prophet did is he took the emigrators and one by one he linked them up. He made a brother. He, made, uh, he, he linked them up with a person from Medina, from the one of the Ansar. So he created what they call Mu'akhat in Arabic, a brotherly relationship, just so that they can help each other out. 
Abdurrahman ibn Awf was paired with one of the very wealthy Ansaris from Medina Munawwara. So that Ansari said to him, Okay, tell me what you want. You can have half of my assets, you can have half of this, you can have half of that. He said, you know what, I don't need anything of yours. Just tell me where the market is. He goes to the market early in the morning and he buys a camel on credit. It was for maybe 500 dirhams, whatever it is, right? He buys a camel on credit. The camel came with a rope around its neck. He took the rope off and he sold the camel immediately for cash at the same price. He just profited immediately, right? The profit was the rope, right? Ropes cost money in those days, especially in those money. Look, today we have a lot of disposables, but in those days all of this cost money. By doing this, at the end of the day, he actually brought back supplies to contribute to the house on his first day. That teaches you huge amounts of lessons that you don't have to start big. You can start very small with no, you can, where you can sleep at night because you don't owe anybody money. This whole idea where you study business and so on, it's all about securing from investors huge amounts of money, decorating the whole place, and then being worried for the next, you know, so long, am I going to really profit from this venture or not? Always start small, that's what I've always done, it's always benefited me. Abdurrahman ibn Auf though, his business grew to such a degree that once Aisha radiallahu anha is sitting in her home and suddenly she hears this huge commotion. She goes outside and she sees that there's dust rising as though an army has come in. You know when numerous animals have come in, uh, you know, galloping inside. It was the trade caravan of Abdurrahman ibn Auf returning from one of its trades. Huge amount. But one thing very interesting of the secret of his trade, of his barakah and blessing in his trade. You can try hard behind your Amazon venture or your uh, good luck with the YouTube venture, right? You can try as hard as you want, but if you don't have blessing from Allah for the right thing, then even if you make a lot of money, you, you won't see much of it. You won't be able to uh, be satisfied with it. The, the biographer says the way he increased his wealth is فَرَبَّاهُ sadaqah. He nurtured his wealth through giving in charity. Allah loves it because you know we have a dimension of Allah in our life. We're not just giving for nothing. We're giving because Allah wants us to give to help the poor. So when we do that Allah gives back. Anything we give in the path of Allah is a qard. It's, a, it, 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 it's actually a loan to Allah. You can't expect Allah to default on his loan. He's going to give us back. Now when you give in the path of Allah, you're doing several other things aside from just gaining blessing in your wealth. You are protecting your wealth because every penny that we receive, some of it is going to be corrupt. Some of it is going to be polluted because from which system is it coming through? I mean our whole uh, economy system, the way it's based in the West is based on riba and so on. I mean I'm not going to go into that right now, right? Don't want to make life harder than it is, right? But there's, there's a lot of as to where you earn your money from. Some part of it may be problematic. So of course we give zakat. Zakat when you give, essentially in a hadith of Sahih Muslim, it says that zakat is wasikhu amwalin nas. It is the dirt of the wealth of people. So you're removing that. When you remove that, you're purifying your wealth. If you've got a basket of apples, you bought, uh, you know, six, seven apples from Asda or Costco or whatever, 
and you've put them there and then one of them is slightly rotten slightly going off it's got a brown mark on it if you leave that apple with the rest what happens the others slowly pick up that same problem and the others become rotten very easily if you separate that apple out the others will last longer that's the same thing with money you've got haram wealth in your money in your uh, even if it's a partial amount it's gonna corrupt the rest of it which means you won't be satisfied with it it won't give you even if you've got a lot I was in Athens recently for a historical trip the Greek uh, really nice people mashallah the, the, the Greek uh, taxi um, uh, chauffeur that we had he, he, he told us his own incident and he's a his Christian background he says that there was a time when he started making uh, as much money in a day that his mother was making in three months because this was when he was bringing in illegal somebody uh, from over the border into Greece but he says though I was making that much money at that time I would hardly ever see that money it would just go as fast as it came whereas the money I'm working on hard work lawful money that just gives you a lot more so you purify your wealth you purify yourself because we're it's removing miserliness now tell, tell me here when we look at people when uh, people are of different traits different innate traits we're born differently some of us are naturally stingy like myself like naturally I find it difficult to just spend freely for no reason or for even reason sometimes that's just my challenge some of us are, gen uh, are naturally open-handed and you don't have to be Muslim or non-Muslim this is just human beings you'll see people with no faith very generous you might have a friend like this you may be like this yourself but some of us are just very stingy some people get angry quickly while others you can walk all over them and they still won't get angry right they can be abused their parents will be abused their families abused and they just don't do anything they just can't care less they're just playing on their computer or whatever it is right so you get different types of people what is our responsibility would we would I be punished for just being naturally stingy I won't be punished for that but what I will be punished for is if I do not spend where I'm obliged to spend either from a religious perspective or from a human common decency perspective which basically means if I'm spending uh, if I don't spend where Allah told me to spend which is zakat or recommended that I spend which is sadaqah then I'm going that's going to be bad for me that's blameworthiness for me if I don't spend where I'm supposed to spend because others are spending I should do the same I'm receiving gifts from my neighbors but I don't give anything back my children receive ED money right you remember ED I don't know if you guys still get ED right um, your children receive ED money but you don't give to anybody because they say brother this is a bidder so you don't give to anybody else when you go to weddings you don't give them gifts because you say man there's no obligation and it's a bid'ah it's not sunnah or something like that I mean that's just an excuse I'm saying and when it's your wedding you want mashallah you want uh, you know you want that to sort your honeymoon out and everything all right and maybe pay the rent for the next year buy a new house or whatever it is these are just uh, natural excuses for example you go to a restaurant with your friends right and when it comes time to paying you go to wash your hands or you go to the toilet how many times are you gonna get away from doing that that's where you don't spend in common decency that means there's a problem in the heart 
right? This innate uh, challenge that Allah has placed in us, we've not been able to open it up. We've not been able to deal with it. So, giving, giving in charity is hugely beneficial. MashaAllah, uh, the, whoever the person that started, that started this whole idea and it's MashaAllah uh, done throughout the, you know, I mean many universities in various different countries. Can you imagine the reward that person is getting? I, I forget who it was, but whoever it is, because he, uh, in the Sharia it tells us that whoever starts a new sunnatan hasanatan, whoever starts a new way, a new method of something, a new contribution to something. Anybody who does that now after you by looking at you and do uh, or looking at what you've done, what you've contributed, they, they say I could do the same thing. You will be rewarded from that as well without their reward being decreased in any way. Now even after a hundred years, if this charity week continues, inshallah it will, I don't see any reason not to. Even after 200 years and so on, the initial person who started this idea, as long as he was sincere, he will be rewarded from this. It's an investment like no other. But let's not just keep it to charity week. I'm sure we have some really bright minds here. Right? Some hugely talented individuals here. And even if you don't think yourself talented. Seriously, this is not about whether somebody's told you that, hey, you got a lot of talent. Or you're a genius. Or you can change the world. It's about whether you want to do it, whether I want to do it. Whether somehow I get into my mind that let me do something as well. See, because there are two types of people generally. Even the smartest crooks, you know those who, tap, uh, who hack into uh, British Airways and take people's credit card details and so on. That person is not some idiot. That guy could have had a PhD. He may even have one actually. Right? That person could have had a PhD from university. Just the intellect is being used in the wrong direction. That's what they call Mansanna Sunnatan Sayyatan. Whoever started a bad Sunnah, a bad way, right, then he gets the sin, not of just his deeds, but anybody that follows that deed and gets an idea because of that deed. If I see in my community there's an old man. There was an old man who just started collecting for the Rohingya. Right? So somebody else thought, why can't I do the same thing? If this old man can do it, why can't I do it as well? I'll get the reward of, I'll get the reward of collecting, but that man who, I, who inspired me, he gets my reward as well. And he doesn't even know that. That's the amazing thing. You don't even know. You've just planted a seed. Allah will take into consideration. So that's the concept of following in goodness and contributing in goodness there's a lot of easy ways to do that it's just we need the know-how we need the cheat sheets and i'm trying to provide us with that because inshallah i mean i've got a selfish motive here that i'm telling you that and if this is where you're hearing this from that you're going to start a good trend inshallah then hopefully i'll get rewarded for it as well can you see how comprehensive this is can you see how easy it is that if just one of you, and inshallah most of you, if not all of you will do something. Right? With what you've done, what you've studied, you'll... Don't ask your children, stop asking your children what they're going to be. How many of you were asked by your parents when they were young, what do you want to be? How many of you were told that, you know, asked what you want to be? 
Oh, there you go. MashaAllah, that's the majority of us. Let's stop asking that question. So what question should we ask? Let us ask the question. My son, my daughter, whatever it is you find, your nephew, whoever it is. How would you like to make a change in the world? How would you like to make people's lives better? Ask those questions. Seriously, ask those questions. I just want to be a doctor. I just want to be a this, that or the other. I mean, okay, that's fine, it's great. But to say, how do you want to make a change? Okay, how do you want to make a change? Then you can be a doctor, engineer, whatever else that you want to be. But start with that question. It's a different question. Frames of reference are very important. Frames of reference are very important. That your language that you employ psychologically has an impact. So let's use higher language, more profound language and terms. So you're thinking, you're having our children, our next generation think at a higher level. And I want to ask that same question here because this is not a question just to children. This is a question to anybody. How would, where would you like to see yourself in five years? And then 10 years? And then 20 years? I believe this, this idea of 5, 10 and 20 to see where you want to be really helps to get ourselves positioned, oriented and focused. Because sometimes we get caught up in the moment. We, most of us are followers. So we may have got caught, caught up with our friends, wasting a lot of time, though we know that at the back of our minds, but we can't get out of it. So let us think, where do I want to see myself in, where do I see myself in five years? Then in 10 years, and then in 20 years. And you will see inshallah that we will make a massive change in the way we do things. We'll probably stop wasting time unless we want to see ourselves wasting time in five years, because most of us don't. I've studied, I'm doing this, I'm doing that. Where do I want to see myself? What, what, what do I want to be after all of the, the glitter has faded? Where do I want to be? Do I still want to continue? What, what do I want to see? That really makes a big difference. It really woke me up. It really helped me to think and strategize in this way of 5, 10 and, and 20 years. So inshallah that will be beneficial to you. So we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to reward us all for the work, great work that you have done. To reward all of those that we've been inspired by. To, be, to reward all of those that we have been inspired by because they deserve it. And in Islam, we have this quantum system of this movement, as I mentioned. And Allah give us the tawfiq. Allah give us barakah and blessing in our side job. And the easiest way, going back to that initial point I made, you know what the easiest way is to give charity every month? Who knows? What's the easiest way to do it? Because you gener we're generally going to forget. What's the easiest way to give it? Anybody got any bright ideas? Direct? Direct debit. I'm, I'm, I'm serious that that works. You pro because I thought, okay, I'm going to try to give this much every month and then you forget. You don't have the right cash, you don't, you know, credit card, whatever. You just put a direct debit on. It, I mean, students are not making much money, right? I mean, students generally, unless, mashallah, you've got a big... I don't know, estate or something left over by somebody or some rich father or whatever cases. Students don't generally make too much money. You're going to have loans to pay off. Uh, you've probably got huge debts on your head already. Even then, believe me, even then, if it's even just five pounds direct debit every month, 10 pounds, 20 pounds, one of the scholars, huge scholar, Mufti Taqi's father, 
Mufti, uh, people must have heard of Mufti Taqi Uthmani, one of the great scholars of Pakistan internationally. His father, Mufti Shafi Uthmani, this was his practice, and I think it's very difficult. He says, any money that I receive as an income, that I uh, worked for as an income, uh, he takes out 10% of that. And he, gives that in, he used to give that in charity. And he said, any money that I receive uh, 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 f from a gift or anything else like that, I take 20% out. Now, I guess he didn't have tax to pay, right? You know, this many percentage. So I think 10 and 20 sounds a lot, but 5 to 10 might be possible, right? If not that, at least what we said for us, because we've been collecting from others, but how are we going to benefit ourselves? That's why I said, get a direct debit, whether that be to mend, uh, Ummah Welfare Trust, UWT, Islamic Relief, let's not forget, right? Or any of these, £5 here, £5 here, £5 here. I, that's what I've done, £5, £10 here, you know, different places. So your money is going to different pots. Whatever you can do, you can add every year more if you want to. But believe me, you will see your money. You will see blessing in your money. You'll be protected from calamities because that's another thing. The Prophet is coming, I'm going to finish up. By the time you get here. The Prophet said, Sadaqa, it calms down the anger of Allah. And another thing he said is that it removes and repels a bad death. So on the, our, our last moments, inshallah, will be La ilaha illallah. You want to be protected from a bad moment, you want to be protected from calamity, protected from the uh, wrath of Allah, blessing in your money, start giving some sadaqah. We've taken it from others, now let's inshallah for ourselves, and we ask Allah for acceptance. Jazakallah khair, barakallah feekum, and uh, please keep us in your duas as well. Jazakallah. <laughs>